Hello there inside Texas and on three fans. You are watching, of course, the On Texas Football YouTube channel. Go ahead and click that subscribe button if you have not already. And also like this episode. That is assuming you like the episode at the end of it. I am, of course, Trey Elling, joined alongside the great Joe Cook of InsideTexas.com. Joe, always a pleasure. How you doing today? Doing great, Trey. It's, uh, like I said, always good to talk to you on Mondays. And I uh, got to hear from a lot of uh, pretty happy football, Texas football players and a happy Texas football head coach after uh, Saturday's win over Oklahoma. But uh, definitely some some focus is starting to turn towards Iowa State because it's a uh, arguably it's only going to get a little bit tougher from here on out. I think OU and West Virginia were maybe the two uh, bottom dwellings by chance. Yeah, it's strange to say that, but this does seem like a year where West Virginia and Oklahoma are really the two worst teams in the conference. You can make the argument that Iowa State isn't a whole lot better based on record, but they have played some close games up to this point. We'll certainly get to that in a second, as well as the main focus of today's show, of course, which is our instant reaction to Steve Sarkeesian's Monday presser. Real quick, though, wanted to make sure that the trip to Dallas and back went okay, other than that great game, of course. Yeah, it was awesome. I, I got in there a little early and uh, Friday night got to see Keller in a in a little bit of a thriller. So I, I got my fair share of football this weekend, uh, beat traffic all over the place. So as far as trips to DFW go for me, it, it worked out pretty darn well. Love to hear it. Things were good on this end. Took the eight and six year old to their first Texas OU game. They still don't get it, though. They watched the biggest lopsided game in the history of Texas football in terms of the Longhorns winning the game. They were ready to go midway through the second quarter. They wanted to go ride rides and play games and eat more fried food. I was like, guys, we need to sit here and take this one in, but they weren't having any of that. Regardless though, it was a fun time on this end as well. Obviously Steve Sarkeesian had a blast, a bunch of videos after the games, Steve Sarkeesian wearing the golden hat, doing some sort of dance in the locker room afterwards, all the players getting to enjoy that moment as well. And of course uh, he talked about uh, just uh, really this team playing complimentary football, good football in all three facets over these last couple of weeks which he says he hasn't really seen during his time here at Texas. And I'll be honest, Joe, I can't remember the last time we saw two straight games of Texas football actually playing complimentary football in all three phases. Yeah, it, it's been a while. Uh, I think, you know, that 2020 season was tough to stomach for a lot of different reasons. Um, that's always going to be the key for this team. I think even six games in, everybody's still like, okay, are you going to do it consistently? Is this going to be something we see every week? And in about it, ULM, they were consistent in what they were able to do. Uh, Alabama, pretty consistent. Uh, you factor in the opponent, but pretty consistent. Took some time to get going against UTSA. Inconsistent on defense and offense against Texas Tech. But ever since then, uh, West Virginia, good game on both sides of the ball. Uh, Alabama, on good on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, they, they've, they've been able to... Uh, be able they've been able to play very high level games in all three phases since then um, so there's a track record of it for the whole season but it hasn't been con consistent in consecutive games like it was uh, these past two weeks and of course it all makes it sweeter that it came against Oklahoma in this second game but yeah um, I, I think for this upcoming week with Iowa State there's not a lot offensively that scares you, maybe outside Xavier Hutchinson. Every Big 12 team has a pretty good receiver. Iowa State's no different. 
but they don't really seem to have like a difference maker at corner quarterback. Uh, don't really seem to have a difference maker at, you know, running back like Brees Hall was not even at tight end. Not sure what they're like in the other three phases, but I think this will be a game where as long as the Texas offense holds up their end of the deal against Iowa State's defense, which will be tough, this is going to be their best chance to put together three straight play, which may be the most important thing to do uh, when you look ahead at what's after that. And that's looking way ahead, uh, but when you look ahead at what's after that with top in the conference, Oklahoma State. Well, this will be a nice primer for that Oklahoma State game too, Joe, because Oklahoma State, in my opinion, is the most physical team in the conference right now, especially on defense. Iowa State, while they can't match the skill of the Cowboys on either side of the ball, they do match the physicality. It's why they took Kansas State down to the wire this last weekend, why they've played three close conference games up to this point. They're just devoid of talent on that roster right now. But you know Matt Campbell with his abilities as a coach, finding diamonds in in the rough and really developing guys, it won't be long that that roster remains down for them. Yeah, exactly. And and even if it is going through a a restart on on offense, it's not on defense. you got guys who have played, who grew up playing in that three-down, three-safety system. You have Will McDonald. Um, Orion Vance, I, I think, still on that Iowa State roster and just experience all over. Uh, good corners, good linebackers, good everything. They know every single facet of that defense, and it's why it revolutionized college football. It's like, you know, Brent Venables doesn't have the pieces, very obviously, uh, whether physically or mentally, to play that defense. But he put together a lot of great defenses in years past at Oklahoma. Uh, He put together a lot of great defenses at Clemson, and even he's adopting it. Um, A lot of different teams are taking bits and pieces of the three-down system. I think Kansas State majors in it. Uh, So you look at Iowa State has played in 14-11-10-9. I wrote on Inside Texas that it's it's good that they got a little bit of a taste of what success looks like against it because it's not going to look the exact same uh, on Saturday at DKR. These guys know what they're doing, and Texas' offense is going to be in for a, a, a good fight with Jim Heacock and the system that he runs. Yeah, it is interesting, and I know you asked Steve Sarkeesian about getting to face a version of this defense in Dallas this past weekend, but they get a taste of the tougher defense the weekend before. They get a t- taste of the physicality that Oklahoma State is going to bring to the table, especially defensively, with what Iowa State is going to try and do to them on Saturday. They're going to try and bog this game down. They're going to try and sustain drives by chipping away, understanding that they may not score a ton of touchdowns. Hopefully for them, they are doing a better job of kicking field goals. But Iowa State wants to muck this game up, which is obviously diametrically opposed to how Steve Sarkeesian has been running the show on offense over these last couple of weeks, especially the lightning fast speed that he was working with against Oklahoma on Saturday. Yeah, exactly. Uh, going going quickly, um, I, I think just, you know, th- this will be, I think, the third chance. Uh, I think Kansas State ran some of this last year, but I don't think they're running it as predominantly as they are this year. So that means that they had uh, Iowa State and Arkansas last year, two beatdowns. Um, a little bit of it from Kansas State, not a lot. Uh, and now Oklahoma this year. So I'm giving them three opportunities, one and two against it. And, you know, you never really saw the deep shots land uh there weren't any like 50 yard explosive plays as a result of just throwing it deep downfield 
but Texas didn't need to do that. Like Oklahoma was just so miscast with aligning the the players to the the what the positions asked that didn't really need that. They could just go methodically down the field. That's not the case against Iowa State. Um, I think they're going to have to try to attack uh, deep downfield. Xavier Worthy did get a little free last year for one touchdown, but that's about it. Uh, the other other catch was not very long at all. So think they need to uh, have him go deep downfield. They need Quinn Ewers to make all the right reads again. And I think he's done a great job of that so far. Um, Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. But what's done best this year is just scheming all that skill talent open. We've seen those little like two-level reads in the flat to where a defender gets put in conflict, one close, one high. I think it got Roshan Johnson loose for a variety of reasons, but I think that's one of the things that got Roshan Johnson loose on that 38-yard run. Uh, Same thing with the Xavier Worthy touchdown catch on the RPO. I think that's got to be a big part of the game because even though that that defense puts together a lot of weird angles for offensive players to have to work with, moving guys out of positions, moving guys out of position no matter – matter where they are if they can stay proficient in in running the ball setting up rpos i think that'll be a big key to uh, what they have to do um and but the thing is steve sarkeesian even talked about this you know you may just think oh it's it's three three stack it's not he says they do a lot of different cool things against different opponents so um steve sarkeesian is definitely going to try to test the the versatility of that three three defense with you know his desire to run various personnels, formations, motions, all that. It's going to be, you know, putting extreme stress uh, on it both ways, and it should be really entertaining. Yeah, it really was silly to see how Quinn Ewers operated on Saturday. I mean, just the calm, and I know Steve Sarkeesian talked about this in his press uh, press conference a little bit earlier today, just the calm nature of things, how well he went through his progressions, and just how easily – he was delivering the ball on the money, whether it was that first read or whether it was the third or fourth read at times. And it was also reassuring to hear Steve Sarkeesian talk today, Joe, about some of the things he likes about Quinn Ewers, specifically how coachable he is in game. And oftentimes when you get somebody who is that talented, they may listen to what the coach is saying, but they may they may brush it off or they may bristle and continue to try and go about things their own way. To hear that Quinn has that humility about him, that he's willing to listen to a guy who has obviously played and been around football for as long as Steve Sarkeesian has. I mean, that just speaks to his potential as a quarterback. As good as he is right now, he's nowhere near his ceiling. No, not not at all. It's one of those situations where, yeah, he's a five-star. Yeah, he's generational, all that different type of thing. But he's he's got room to grow. Uh, and he knows it. That's that's one of the best parts about it. And he's willing to take on whatever Steve Sarkeesian, AJ Milwee's telling him over on the sideline, on the practice field, stuff like that. Um, it's not anything new. I bet it, you know, I think if you ask Riley Dodge over at South Lake, it started with him. Uh, if you ask even Ryan Day and, and the guys up in Columbus, he would they would probably say 
the exact same thing. And I think that's translating over to Texas. And, you know, that's, I bet that's pretty valuable for a locker room too. I mean, Quinn is someone who I think everybody looks to, but I don't think Quinn's going to say much because, you know, that's just not his style. But if they can look to Quinn and see this guy who's supposed to be all world and, you know, you Google his name, 2020, whatever, and 2024 NFL draft or whatever, pop up right by it as the next result. And this guy's out there still, you know, listening to the coaches, listening to, hey, good read, but make the throw like this. Or, hey, didn't make the read right. Or, hey, throw a little bit, throw that ball a little bit further if you're trying to get rid of it and not, uh, you know, and not get intercepted. That's such a good thing for this team to have, for Quinn to have, because if he's doing that now when he's playing, I mean, it's hard to say he's playing anything less than great football. If he's still doing that, then I think we we've all, we're not we're not scraping the bottom of the barrel for what Quinn Ewers is, but I think we're definitely still seeing that there's a lot more room for him to grow and improve, and that that's got to be super exciting considering how great he's been so far. It was a fairly vanilla presser for Coach Sarkeesian today, which is completely fine, by the way. Were there any other questions and answers that uh, he was a part of that struck you as intriguing? Uh, One thing I think he mentioned about uh, there was that play, I think in the first quarter, maybe tail end of the first quarter, where Kelvin Banks is out there and just giving the business to an Oklahoma defensive back. And he's like, hey, I, I don't mind stuff like that. Like, yeah, of course he doesn't want to get flagged. Uh, but that, that just shows a little bit about what Kelvin's about, what the offensive line's about, and, and the growth of the entire offensive line. He said, uh, I think that we're not perfect, and we've seen a multitude of looks here for the first half of the season. We're seeing a lot of different things, so these guys are getting trial by fire. They're getting thrown into it, and there's a lot of different things happening, but it's all to say it was very encouraging. And I think that's really true uh, between you having a true freshman, a true sophomore, a backup, another true freshman, and then a guy who was up or down at best in his year at left tackle. To see those guys playing over the past couple of weeks has to be really encouraging. I still have questions about the the interior of the defensive line, uh, or excuse me, the offensive line, uh, because Texas used a downhill run game against Oklahoma. It's going to be replicable against Iowa State, but it shows growth in that area. They did what they needed to do. Uh, they did exactly what they were uh, uh, game planning for, what the personnel dictated, and they did it successfully. So um, that was interesting to see. Of course, we asked about tight end Jaleel Pillingsley. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw the the tweet from his dad, but you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, an NCAA suspension, I believe, was it, uh, what it was called earlier in the year. Um, six games are up. That means that Jaleel Billingsley, who I believe has been practicing in in weeks past. Uh, he'll be out there. Uh, he'll be suited up this Saturday against Iowa State. Um, players and coaches alike, Steve Sarkeesian was was real. We're all really complimentary of him. Uh, Sark called him another weapon to put out on the field, and hopefully that makes us even more difficult to defend. Uh, that's the case, you know. I mean, the, the, if you ask the players today, uh, between you know Jade Barron, Deshaun Jameson, they said Man, that guy's like a receiver. He's not even like a tight end. He's like a receiver, and uh, that's that's pretty valuable, especially when you can add it to the repertoire you already have of Jatavian Sanders, who's playing at an extremely high level, and uh, Andre Carrick, who, although basically he's playing offensive tackle, is out there wearing a pass uh, a, a receiver eligible number 
just to play tight end. And, and he's he's out there helping Banks and, and Jones on the edge of the offensive line and, and helping the run game too. So that tight end room is uh, as healthy as it's been in a while. It's, it's been there's been good pieces there in the past, but there's never been just great pieces like it seems they have now. Uh, credit to Gunnar Helm, too. Caught a couple passes in game, but uh, Billingsley presents a, a, something that, uh, you know, maybe Sanders has. Just a little bit different skill set, but now opponents have to uh, game plan for it. Yeah, different types of tight ends as well. I love Gunnar Helm's body type. He's going to be a mauler of a blocker going forward, and he can catch the occasional pass as well. Also love how Steve Sarkeesian used the words. I know you said uh, growth, but growth and maturity when talking about Kelvin Banks and that play and really finishing that playoff and just showing the intensity necessary at that moment and what is obviously a very big game for both these teams year in and year out. All right, last thing, Joe, before we bid you adieu. Uh, you did speak with some other players as a part of the Monday presser bits. Uh, that did inqu- uh, include Quinn Ewers. Anything interesting from Quinn or anybody else that you had a chance to speak with today? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah, I'm going to harp on this 3-3 defense. I mean, it, it, it's it's unique to the – it's not unique to the Big 12 anymore, uh, but it's still unique, and, and Iowa State is proficient at it. I asked him, hey, have you ever really seen anything like this? You know, Quinn's kind of uh, hesitant to really answer questions about his year in Columbus, and I understand that. So I phrased it like, did you study this defense while game planning – at any point last year, he said, no, you know, I know it's kind of become common throughout college football, uh, but, you know, we really didn't face it at Ohio State. He didn't have to prepare for it, even though it was C.J. Stroud, Jack McCord, all, all that crew. Um, this, you know, last week, being able to find some, some success against it was beneficial. And, you know, he said it's really unique and makes it tough, but he's looking forward uh, to the challenge of, of having to face it. Um, he also, you know, just talked about how, uh, what the process was kind of like for him coming back from from injury um, at you know West S supposed to be there something like that I I was not pre med uh, but you know they that everything I've read about it that's kind of the area where it was and all he said was you know it, it's a lot of rest it's putting too much strain on it getting treatment which I'm sure means cold heat massage all that stuff. Uh, but basically, he just had to be patient, stay locked in in meetings, do the limited amount he was able to do and incrementally build up towards in practice. But, you know, it's just being patient. And I'm sure it, it wore at him. I'm sure after being the starter and, and then tearing up Alabama and only to see it go away for a few weeks, taken like that, he was ready to get back out there. But uh, showed a lot of patience and, you know, both with the process and of healing and with the process of getting ready for games and comes out next week and just torches a, a, a defense that had been staggering into the game, but, you know, delivered a definitely a knockout blow, helping lead, uh, I believe, seven touch either six or seven touchdown drives. I forget if he was in there for that Jonathan Brooks one, but impressive nonetheless. 
Now, I know you tweeted the question out in the moment. Steve Sarkeesian talked about it a little bit as well. The excuse thrown out there is the reason why that interception was thrown by Quinn Ewers. But did you get any clarity as to whether or not a camera wire may have affected that throw? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It didn't happen. It looked like it. Like you're just watching that play and thinking of weird who, ball, yeah. You're thinking of who threw it. Like it, something happened, right? He didn't just air it. I think he did mention it, it. It slipped from his hands a little bit, and I can buy that. Uh, but no, it didn't hit the sky wire. Uh, that that would have been something. Um, I don't think I've ever seen that in the game. It's not like Jerry's scoreboards hanging above there. Uh, so it's a uh, mistake, small blemish, but. It's a, it's a, you know, that those are those two interceptions he's had, and he almost had one if it weren't for some bad hands from Woody Washington. Those interception opportunities he's had, it's just kind of part of the territory of playing with a young player. They're not, you know, super egregious, but they're just not good either. But outside of that, you know, he made good decisions. He limited everything, uh, you know, limited, you know, any questionable plays. Don't think he was sacked, scrambled at the right time, like. He's making really good choices, and that was my biggest question about his ability as a passer in this offense was would he be able to do the mundane and process, and I think we've seen that more often than not he does well. But, you know, everybody makes mistakes. That one was just a ball slipping out of his hand, sounds like, and uh, I don't know, maybe get some uh, hit hit the rosin bag, maybe get some pine tar, I don't know, something like that. I think it was our colleague, Eric Nalin, who said that with a guy like Quinn Ewers, you get a lot of uh, wow plays in the positive direction, and occasionally you get some wow plays in the other direction as well. And fortunately for Longhorn fans right now, the positive wow plays far outweighing the negative wow plays, especially in Dallas on Saturday. He is Joe Cook. Of course, you can check out his great writing at InsideTexas.com. I am Trey Elling. We join you every Monday for the instant reaction of Steve Sarkeesian's Monday Presser. If you enjoy the show, make sure to click that like button now. And if you haven't subscribed to the On Texas Football YouTube channel just yet, do that as well. Until next time, I'm Trey Elling. Hook'em.